Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 56. Guess what? It's a great big world out there, and you don't have to be scared, because it's all yours for the taking. I know that your dreams are big and bright, and God gave you this life to do crazy things. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, principal from Skytook High School and host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative ideas for improving your own school leadership. If you'd like to check out more resources for school leaders, you can do so at my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to subscribe for weekly updates, I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders. Or you can check out my book, Principal Matters, the Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders at my website or at amazon.com. This week, I want to talk about reaching generation IY and iGen students. You know, two years ago, I was talking to a senior student at that time whose name was Jesse. And Jesse was publishing his first book, an amazing feat for such a young man. And he had shared with me that he had a great opportunity to speak at a gathering of authors at an upcoming book conference. Later, he began being invited to speak at middle schools to share with younger students his passion for writing. And I asked him one day if I could attend one of his presentations. It was amazing to walk into a gymnasium where I saw Jesse communicating ideas and inspiration to groups of 6th and 7th and 8th graders throughout an entire school day. And over the next few months, Jesse began stopping by my office, and we would talk about his dreams and his plans for college. And because he was so amazingly teachable, I began to explore with him what are some ways that he might be able to maximize opportunities before he even began college. Specifically, um, I began to ask him questions about blogging, creating uh, an email subscription list, leveraging his social media options, some things that I had been doing as a school leader um, to help promote my school's ideas and also to connect with other school leaders, but ways that I could see as a fellow writer that might be helpful for him. And as a result, Jesse began building his own platform for writing, for ideas, for creative projects, long before he even graduated from high school. Now, we've stayed in contact with one another for quite a while, and it's been so exciting to see how Jesse has remained connected to his readers and to the students that he has met through the events um, and through sharing his content. In fact, he's in college now, but he's already published a second book, and he's hosting his own podcast. And I'll link to Jesse's uh, website in the show notes, but if you want to check it out, it's jessehainesauthor.com. You know, Jesse had exceptional gifts as a student and exceptional drive and opportunities for someone his age. And as I've watched other students like him pursuing their futures, I realized that this generation faces options for their careers that my generation never knew. In fact, today's students, they no longer have to wait for permission for continuing education or to begin connecting or designing or creating or sharing ideas. In fact, when I think about my own children entering the adult world and the students in my school, I realize 
that they really have amazing options. No longer is their potential work or industry path tied simply to location or geography. No longer is their potential to learn, practice, or experiment with ideas limited to a school or an institution. And no longer is their network of future employers or mentors or clients limited to face-to-face interactions. I think it's safe to say that our students have more options for, for opportunities than any other generation in history. But with all of the options comes the dilemma of understanding these options and harnessing them or utilizing them without simply feeling overwhelmed. Recently, I finished an incredible book by Tim Elmore called Generation IY. And Tim Elmore explores the unique opportunities and challenges that our younger generations face. And he explains that the IY generation typically encompasses those born somewhere after 1990. These are our teens or college-age students who have never known a world without the internet. And Elmore also touches on the generation of students now stepping into the limelight, the what some people call the iGen students, who typically represent those born after the tragedies of September 11, 2001, the emerging generation that has never known a world without global terrorism or economic uncertainty or political unrest. So both the IY generation or the iGens, as Elmore calls them, have amazing opportunities and amazing potential for making a difference in their world. Now, on a side note, it's safe to say that all generations have had potential to change their worlds. Think about the lessons we've seen in history, the rise and fall of ancient civilizations, uh, the cultural and religious upheavals from the birth of the printing press during the Reformation, um, the social or economic impacts of the Industrial Revolution, or think about the uh, influence of the Age of Reason on political freedoms and democratic republics. So, yes, young and visionary leaders have always found ways to influence their worlds, but, as Elmore points out, today's students have unique advantages never known before, ways that they can explore and communicate and learn that are accessible to anyone with a connected device. You know, whether they are um, auditing online courses from Ivy League colleges or creating their own YouTube channels or self-publishing their own novels, today's students um, have access to technology that has opened incredible ways, as well as challenging ones. Now, I I highly recommend Elmore's Generation IY if you're interested in an exhaustive study on the subject. But for today's post, I want to touch on three ideas that his book sparked for me, ideas that I believe are relevant for those of us working with young people today. So let me just run through those with you in today's episode. What are things to keep in mind as we are trying to manage and teach Generation IY students or iGen students. Number one, principles don't change, but methods do. You know, in addition to Elmore's book, I also found his podcast amazingly informative. It's called The Growing Leaders Podcast. And this this last week, uh, he published an interview from John Maxwell, uh, who's a best-selling and globally renowned leadership author. And he's now approaching, Maxwell is now approaching his 70s. But even as an older leader, um, he comments that we must remain both, quote, timely and timeless if we're going to reach this generation. We, we must be committed to principles that last the test of time, but we also must be committed to methods that are timely. In other words, access and opportunities are wonderful privileges for this generation of students, 
but they still need a commitment to values and beliefs and behaviors that benefit themselves and others. For us as educators, this means that we've, we must continue to find ways where our lessons are both timely and relevant in the world that they live in. If you're familiar with Bill Daggett's research from the International Center for Leadership and Education, he calls these tenets the three R's of effective teaching, rigor, relevance, and relationship. And these essentials don't change with time. But what is considered relevant does change. And when we focus on relevance, we aren't forgetting principles, uh, but we're remembering that the most timeless principles or facts or lessons have to be tied to engaging communication methods or real-world application. Let me give you an example. When I'm working with a student like Jesse, who was a self-published uh, author and who's creating podcasts and who's already connecting and, cur- and growing an audience before he's even finishing his communication education degree um, from the University of Tulsa, I must remember that although he is academically strong and socially mature, He also needed help finding relevant tools and resources so he could connect his gifts and talents to today's culture and marketing possibilities. Students like Jesse need mentors who can help point them toward principles that are timeless, but also towards methods that make the most of today's technologies. So yes, remember this when you're working with this generation of students. Number one, principles don't change, but our methods do. Number two, teachability is essential if we're to understand and leverage today's options. Let me explain that this way. I'm a 48-year-old educator, and I have a dilemma of trying to keep up with the latest options in technology. But I believe as long as I remain teachable, I have an amazing advantage. And if you're like me, you may feel like you always have more to learn because you do. But the good news is that we can lean on each other or those with whom we connect to teach us new options or methods as long as we remain teachable. So for educators of IY generation or Gen I students, we have to remain flexible in the way that we deliver our content. Now, this doesn't mean that we have the capacity to learn every technology available, but it does mean that we recognize our students are raised in a culture that depends on rich images and various mediums and quickly changing attention spans. Tim Elmore says that students today need are called epic students. They're the epic generation, and they require epic teaching. And I love the way he breaks that down into these four words. The E stands for experiential. The P stands for participatory. The I stands for image-rich. And the C stands for connected. And you can check out his book if you'd like to read more on that. I, I footnote pages 180 through 184 because What he's trying to explain is that our pedagogy, our practices must include experience and participation. They must be image-rich and they must be connected. These are tools or platforms or practices or technologies that support how our students learn and and how they can follow their ambitions into uh, this generation of learning. So let me ask you this question. What are the ways that you are finding or consuming information or ideas today? then what are the tools or technology or resources that make that possible? If, we're in, if we are curious about that ourselves, then how can we help our students ask those same questions and learn how to utilize their tools and their resources so they can connect their learning with their future careers or interests? In other words, 
if we can remain open to learning how social media works, or we're listening to podcasts, or we're connecting online, or we're figuring out new tools for our own work, how can these ideas be shared? How can our understanding of designing and developing encourage the same curiosity and exploration for our students? And this doesn't mean that we're experts in all these areas, but it means that we're willing to explore the big picture ideas of how our world is working so we can coach our students in exploring how this world works for them. Just today, for instance, we hosted a college and career fair um, at our school, and we had vendors from colleges and area businesses, and I was talking to the owner of an architectural engineering company. He actually is a graduate from our high school. And when I asked him how he's marketing his business, he said three ways, uh, word of mouth, visibility, and social media. And as a young business owner with 13 professionals now in his staff, he has learned that Facebook, for instance, has become just as a powerful communication tool for his company as showing up for a career fair. He is a growing business leader by being both good at his craft but remaining teachable in his methods. So number two, teachability is essential if we are to understand and leverage options for this generation of students. And number three, we will always need people to find solutions. You know, just as some principles remain timeless, future jobs will still always be built around people helping people fill their needs. So whether it's healthcare or technology or social services or education, the world has always and will always involve the need for problem solving and critical thinking. So our mission doesn't change. Um, in an economy of supply and demand, most of us are still willing to provide rewards, money or compensation or time or recognition for the value of a good solution, whether that's a product or an answer or a cure or entertainment. We are willing to trade reward for filling a need. And so the ability to find answers to questions may be as simple as asking Google or Siri, but... Even though we have this ease of information gathering, we'll never replace the need for asking deeper questions or researching for unknown answers or testing new ideas. In fact, I believe that one of our biggest responsibilities in helping this generation is teaching them discernment. How do they recognize a good idea from a bad one when the on online world is full of unreliable sources? Or how do they discriminate between a valuable idea or a simple sales pitch? So teaching our students valuable skills means that we keep asking these same questions ourselves. We're not gullible to what's going on in the world around us. We're students of what's going on in the world around us. And no matter how timely our teaching becomes, we still have real-life discussions and face-to-face -face interactions and mentoring moments with students to help them become discerning. You know, just today, I sat in a classroom with a teacher of special needs students, and at the end of a lesson that she had done on paraphrasing and summarizing, uh, and summarizing, she switched gears and she passed out some cards with scripts. And four students stood up um, and they began to role play a scene where four of them had just taken a test. And in the small skit, one of them was complaining that my teacher's too hard. And the next one was saying, uh, I didn't pass my test because this class is stupid. And the third one was saying, well, uh, this doesn't matter anyway. I don't care. And the fourth one said, you know, I didn't um, pass because it's my own fault. I didn't study and I, I would have done better if I had. And the teacher paused and she asked them to go back through the scenario and explain why taking responsibilities for your actions is always the best way forward. Now, I, I honestly was surprised because these students... They jumped right into this conversation. You could tell that she had a strong enough relationship with them that they wanted to talk about not only the academics that they had just learned, but also a character lesson 
that she was explaining to them. She was finding an epic way to teach them to find solutions. And so no matter how we progress into this generation of learners and all of the options that are available to them, we always will still need to teach students discernment, good character, how to find solutions, the same ways that they've been that we've been providing needs before this generation will be the same way we provide needs going forward, but perhaps with different methods. So let's wrap this up today. As you look at the work that you're doing with this generation IY or iGen students, let me just encourage you to remember that none of us will ever have all the answers to this multifaceted world that our students live in. But at the same time, I believe we can be valuable guides and coaches. So by remaining committed to solid principles, but staying flexible to new ways of learning, by understanding and leveraging tools available in our world, and by guiding and coaching students with the options before them, I believe that when we keep these perspectives in mind, then this this upcoming generation of students can step into their futures with the support and the guidance and the mentoring that they'll need to take on their world. And hopefully, the difference that they will make will pave the way for generations coming after them. When I think back to my friend and former student, Jesse Haynes, who is now an author and publishing his own podcast, I I reached out to him this week and asked him if I could mention him in this week's episode. And he said, yes. He said, in fact, I've just published my second podcast episode for a new series I'm doing for my school And I've had 35,000 downloads of just two episodes. What an amazing opportunity for a young man who's stepping into a communications major in college to be having an epic experience in his own learning. And it all begins when we are willing to see the gifts and talents that our students have, point them in the directions that match those gifts and talents, learn and stay teachable ourselves of ways that we can help guide them towards the resources and tools and people who can help them fulfill their goals and dreams. So now it's your turn. What are some ways that you can encourage epic interactions with your students? Or or what is one tool or resource that you may be willing to learn that can help your students begin exploring their own futures? Or what are ways that your students or teachers are taking advantage of the opportunities, the unique opportunities that are available to this generation that we've never had before? I hope that's helpful, and if you find today's episode encouraging in your own work with students, please share it out with others. You can uh, connect with me at my website at williamdparker.com, and if you haven't signed up for my weekly updates, you can do so there, and I will send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders. I also want to give a quick shout out to growingleaders.com, Tim Elmore's organization, and whose book I've referenced in today's podcast, because in June, he is hosting a National Leaders Forum, and John Maxwell is actually going to be keynoting at that event, and I'm excited. I've been invited to also do a, a breakout session there uh, for school leaders, and so I just want to invite you to go to the growingleaders.com website and check out those resources. It's exciting to be connecting with others who are researching and and providing insights into the lives and of the students that we teach every single day. I hope you have a great week, and I hope that you remember that today the work that you're doing for this generation of students matters. That's it for this week, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. You were made for grace.